you for taking the time to be with us if you're here in person, and thank you for those of you who've clicked on and are watching us on YouTube Live. We appreciate you being with us. If you're new to us, we would ask that you would visit our website, www.ljchurch.org. You'll find a lot of information there that may be helpful in your getting to know our congregation a little bit better. Uh, we also there have a link that takes you immediately to our Facebook page, and we invite you to get involved in the dialogue there. We'd appreciate you taking the time to do that. And whether you're with us online or with us in person, we encourage you to get a copy of the Caring and Sharing. Uh, there's no way that we can cover all that information, or at least we don't feel like that's what we're going to do uh, live speaking it during the service. And so please uh, grab a copy and take a look at that. Just one quick reminder as we continue to move forward in these unique times, if you're coming in person, we're really glad that you're here, um, but we would ask that when you're, when you're not in your seat, when you're not there in your seat, that you would put, be sure you have your mask on for your coming and going. Uh, again, the masks are not about so much about protecting you as it is about being courteous to the other people around us, and so if you would please help us with that, we would appreciate it very much. During our service, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together. We encourage those of you online to have your elements ready and available so that you can partake with us, whether we're physically together or not. But we also want to remind you that we won't be passing the trays for contributions. You can contribute uh, online through our web portal. You, of course, many of you are, are sending checks through the mail. Or if you would like to leave a physical check or even cash with us, you can leave it in the, the Giving Back to the Lord box that you'll find back there in the Welcome Center. A couple of upcoming things that we want to be sure that you're aware of. First of all, uh, and, and my apologies, I'm one of you. I'm one of those people who's not all that. I don't want to talk about Christmas till Thanksgiving's over, but uh, just the way timing works, we need to be sure and mention a few things. Uh, if you know of some names that might be blessed or benefit from uh, getting one of our Christmas baskets, then please, we need those today. If you could get those to uh, Gary McBrayer. Gary, just wave. Be sure they know where you are. Uh, he, will, he, would be he would appreciate you taking care of that today. Uh, we don't have a slide for it, but I do want to mention that we are beginning, actually today we're beginning our Arms of Hope gift card drive. These are gift cards that help the house parents at both of the Arms of Hope uh, campuses to buy Christmas presents for their children. It's a really great program, and, and it's a great way for us to be helpful to them and to, to all the children involved. And my goodness, that is Paula Roper back there. Welcome, Paula. We're glad that you're here. Somebody say hallelujah that Paula is here. So. And finally, again, one more thing that I'm pointing past Thanksgiving. Apologize for this, but want you to mark your calendars for Monday, December 14th for the annual church Christmas party. We are making different arrangements. Uh, we feel like the crowd will be smaller, so we're actually going to be here in our building. Uh, we're going to, I think what you'll experience is if, like if you went to a restaurant, we'll have masks on when we're not at our table You'll get to select the table that you're going to be at so that you know the people around the table that you feel comfortable being there and eating with them. I think it's going to be a great time, and I hope that you'll think about being with us on Monday, December the 14th. So, if you haven't been told so far, to me, the Sunday before Thanksgiving is the beginning of Thanksgiving holiday. Somebody say amen to that. Uh, you, I know that some of you got out of school on Friday. I grew up in the olden days when we still had to go to school on Monday and Tuesday and even Wednesday. It was a big deal when they let us out at 2.30 on Wednesday because woo, we, were, we were living high at that point. But uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope that you are already planning for good things to go on at Thanksgiving, particularly that you're not going to let uh, quarantining or pandemics dampen your spirit of thanksgiving and if you want a little encouragement in that i encourage you to watch the thursday update i think that you'll be blessed by that but also i just think that you can have an, a great opportunity to kind of lift your spirits and get you moving down the road towards that that idea of really focusing on thanksgiving by coming and being part of our family journey of thanksgiving this evening at 5 30 we'll be in the Welcome Center, again, sorry, we'll be in the Fellowship Center. Again, we're going to 
do things uh, in a way that, that we believe will help people feel like they're safe and be protected as much as they want to. So I hope that you'll mark on your calendar, today's calendar, at 5.30. Yes, I know that the football game won't be over yet. Some of you don't care about the Cowboys. You can live in that as long as you want to, but uh, I'm sure you also all have DVRs, and we won't talk about the score or anything like that until you can go home and watch the end of the game. 5.30 to about 6.30 tonight. We could use your help if you could come in person and appreciate it very, very much. Let's stand together and begin our worship as we reflect on these words. We've been in Psalm 118 all month, and we're going to close out today. Join me, please. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our ears. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And the whole church said, To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us. Great things he hath done. And great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. The purer and higher and greater will be. Our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. Hey, kids, it's great to see you again. I have missed you. Welcome back to the backyard. Oh, wait, I forgot. Sorry. Oh, still don't have what I need. Man, can't go without this. I don't know about you, but I'm just way too often forgetting something and having to go back two and three times. The girls in the office are always kind of laughing at me as I have to come back. It seems like three times to get everything I need to leave the office. And my wife now starts with, have you got your keys? Have you got your cell phone? Have you got your billfold? Because I just have to turn around and come get it all the time. And yet, I know that you don't because you are young and your mind's working really good. Yeah, Maddie, you can't make fun of me for forgetting things. That's the way it goes. Well, I am excited about Thanksgiving. I hope that you're excited about Thanksgiving as well. I'm kind of curious how many kinds of pie you're going to get to have at your house. I have no idea where we're going to go in, but I know that it's going to be two or three. There's always a chocolate, and there's always a pumpkin, and hopefully there's maybe even one or two more to go along with that. In fact, we sometimes have two kinds of chocolate pie. It's pretty awesome. It is easily something to be thankful for. Have you ever had somebody give you a gift, something that was really wonderful and a nice thing to have? 
you know, maybe somebody would turn around and, you know, kind of pick a fresh mandarin, fresh satsuma just for you and hand it to you and say, here, this is for you. Enjoy. And when something like that happens, what I know is, is that you all say thank you. You say thank you for the smallest gift or the greatest gift, whether it's four different kinds of chocolate pie at Thanksgiving or, and again, just a fresh picked satsuma off the tree. I know you'd say thank you. I don't know about you, but have you ever had to realize that somebody had given you something more wonderful than you realized and you have to turn back and say thank you? There's a story in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus is in traveling from Galilee through Samaria. And it says, he was going in uh, Luke chapter 17 and starting with verse 12. As Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, help us, have pity on us, have mercy on us, help us. And when they saw them, when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now I'm going to give you a research assignment with your parents to go and figure out all the implications of leprosy, but let me just say it was pretty terrible. It was something if you had it, you had to leave your home and leave your village and you didn't get to see your family anymore. In fact, you couldn't be around any other people except other people that had leprosy. And so that's why they're shouting at Jesus from a long distance and saying, help us, we need help. And, and there was no one else, there was no one that could help them, so they reached out to Jesus. He said to go show themselves to the, to the priest, and while they went, they were cleansed. So they're going away, and even before they get there, they recognize that they are cleansed. How amazing is that? What a gift is that? That's just amazing. But the story continues. It's not done yet. Because how many were healed? Ten. But only one of them when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God with a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him over and over and over again. He realized that he had gotten a greater gift than he could ever imagine. And even though maybe nobody else was going back, he wanted to go and say thank you to Jesus. I hope every once in a while that you stop and realize that somebody has given you something more wonderful than you could really have, than you realized when you first got it. And that you decided to go back and say thank you because it's always worth going back and saying thank you, no matter what the gift is. And even if you said thank you once, it's still worth going back and saying thank you. And there's nowhere that that's more true than when we're talking about what God does for us and what Jesus does for us and how the Holy Spirit helps us. We always want to turn around and we want to, in a loud voice, praise God and we want to turn around and go back to Him over and over and over again. We don't want to ever stop going back to Jesus and saying thank you. Thank you for all that He's given us. Thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you for living so beautifully. Thank you for giving your life. And thank you that you're coming back to bring those of us who love you and follow you, trust you and believe in you, and making us part of your eternal new creation. So one more time, can you say it with me? Thank you. Try it one more time. Everybody together now. Thank you, God. It was great to see you again. Bye. This time, all those involved with the uh, Limitless Kids and Stage 2 and, and Praise Kids can be dismissed. And, uh, huh? And cross out one of those. I'll take it back. <laughs> Okay, so that didn't exist, but the other ones are available. Um, stage, yes, stage two. If y'all would, please stand for this song. This week, uh, there was a posting that came on acapella worship, and they uh, were asking 
people are there certain songs that just kind of really speak to you and speak with a great message and this is one of those songs for me but um just got some great words how great a chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and wear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my living hope It's grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living Good morning, church. As part of our mission focus for the month of November, I'd like to bring you an update on Lindsay Phillips Sanger. For the past three years, she has been working with two of her co-workers to establish what they call Hope House. The purpose of Hope House is to help men whose lives have been damaged and destroyed recover their lives and get back on the right track and helpfully help them realize that without Jesus, they really can't get their lives back on the right track. They have purchased a house and began the permit process necessary to make the renovations that are required to make this Hope House suitable for their purpose. This permit process has proven to be more difficult and time-consuming than anticipating, and it seems to be moving at a snail's pace. During this time, Lindsay has been very busy uh, working on her doctoral degree 
and also helping with the drug rehab center that will be the source of most of their residents at Hope House as this drug rehab center has been going through some major leadership and organizational changes. Lindsay has been very pivotal in helping them through this process. Uh, two things Lindsay has specifically asked us to pray for is on November the 24th will be a meeting of the city commission and she is hoping that they will give approval to the next part of their permit process. Also on November 29th there will be an election, a local election. The outcome of this election could severely affect the, the negatively the impact on the Hope House progress. So let's pray for these things as we go to our Father in prayer. Our most gracious, kind, and loving Heavenly Father, we just want to hold Lindsay up at this time with her co-workers and just ask that you would give them the courage, the strength, the endurance that they need as they struggle through this permit process. Uh, just help the future residents of this Hope House that they can be uh, help them on their road to recovery, help them to in their walk with Jesus. Uh, Lord, just want to uh, thank you for Lindsay and what she has done, the sacrifices she's made. Uh, we want to pray uh, for her parents and just thankful that they have raised such fine Christian daughters that are going around the world and just uh, wherever they are, they are always bringing your message of love and hope and salvation. Uh, Lord, just once again, pray for the work in Brazil. Help it to proceed uh, and do the things that you intend for it to do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Holy Son of God, sent from heaven, hope and mercy at the cross. You are everything. You're the promise. Jesus, you are all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. You're all to us. You're all to us. You're all to us. Yes, you are. You're all to 
church. Um, a couple of scriptures here that we're going to read. Um, just real brief, uh, a note from, from my family. Uh, while Dara has had, you know, pretty hefty dose of some issues with a gallbladder surgery and shingles, um, you guys have been great. Thanks for the kind words and the prayers and the thoughts and the meals and all those other things that just remind us that, you know, this is a very loving and caring group, so thank you. And then the other note uh, from family is uh, there is no better feeling than to be up here reading scripture with my son. This morning, I think you'll see a theme in the verses that we read, and that is what was once assigned as a privilege to God's chosen people of Israel is the inheritance that you and I share, that we are chosen, that the Bible clearly says we are called from the beginning. So the fact that you are here and that this is important to you, I think is noteworthy that you've been called to that. So let's read his word here. We're going to, the first scripture is going to be in Isaiah chapter 44 starting in verses 1 through 5, and it says, But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says, He who made you, formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant. Jeshurun, whom I chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in the meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand, the Lord's, and will take on the name Israel. Continuing on in Second Thessalonians 2, 13 through 15. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, Loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to do this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. church said. I want to make you aware, uh, next Sunday, Sharon and I will be with our family. Uh, we trade off with our extended family Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're going to be with our extended family for Thanksgiving this year, and we're really looking forward to that. Peter's going to be preaching and going to be kicking off our new sermon series that'll take us through the next month or so through the season of Christmas. We're calling it Unexpected. And we want to invite you to see your own story through the story of Jesus. Or, let me be more specific, through the story of how Jesus came to the earth. The book of Matthew starts with a genealogy. And you may spend all your time just skipping over that to get to the good stuff. But in the genealogy, although there are lots of names that you're very familiar with, and names that are very much what you would want to be there, Abraham, David, these famous people. There are also five names that you don't expect. Some of them you know. Most of them you know not for the right reasons. They are unexpected in the lineage of Jesus. Those five names are women's names. They're never included in Jewish genealogies. Women are never part of that. But Matthew wanted to highlight these names. And the reason he highlighted these names was to invite you and I to see ourselves in the story of the coming of Jesus. So I want you to look forward to that. We're going to be blessed by that time. I know Peter's been working hard on his preparations to talk about the very first mother of Jesus, the very first one. Great, 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 great,
and in his relation to Eve, he is human, just like you and I are. So I hope that you'll grab Matthew chapter 1 and you'll start reading. Eve's not in Matthew chapter 1. I recognize that, but it seemed it wouldn't be appropriate without starting at the first. But to look at those names and maybe do a little bit of background yourself in getting ready for that. Maybe after several weeks, life had just kind of become the same thing. Be sure, it was a vital life. It was full of prayer and worship. But it had been weeks, and they said, and Jesus had told them to wait. To wait in Jerusalem, and that when he came, they would know it. I don't know about you, but two or three weeks of doing the same thing, of kind of staying shut up and not really going out and do much, and not probably not working, probably not necessarily interacting with large groups of people, but the same folks together doing the same thing over and over again. Some of us can begin to wonder whether things are really ever going to change. A little bit like the way we've continually been waiting for now millennia, for Jesus to come back again, something they thought would happen in the first century. But these weeks are moving along, and I don't know if they woke up on the day of Pentecost and thought, this, this, this will be the day. But I can promise you, even if they thought maybe that would be the day that the signal would come, that they were supposed to really step out in their witness and their testimony for Jesus, I will guarantee you they were not ready for what came next. Because before this day was done, they would be more amazed... I would say they would be more terrified so that they could be more of what Jesus had called them to be. It had been some three years ago that he had called them along that teacher. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And I don't think any of them ever thought that they would be standing in a room in Jerusalem and hear trumpets blare and what looked like tongues of flame come upon them. And then they would begin to proclaim the gospel in every language that was represented in the city of Jerusalem. The Spirit changed everything. In a story that happens a few chapters later, we're not sure exactly the timeline, it may be months, it may be a few years later, Peter will again sort of be biding his own time, sort of uh, back in the routine of, of, of living life. He's in Joppa and he is staying with some friends and you know what, I don't know about you, but sometimes every once in a while I get hungry. I don't know why Peter went on the roof when he got hungry, but he went on the roof when he got hungry. Probably because God knew that God wanted to show him a vision that wouldn't fit inside the house. So he's up on the roof. And he gets a vision. It's a vision of food. Except it's not the kind of food that you can eat. And God says, kill and eat. He says, wait a minute, I've never touched anything like that. That's unclean. That's not for me. I'm a Jew. I eat by the kosher laws in the law. And God says, no, no, no. Kill and eat. He says it three times and then takes the sheep back up. I have no idea if Peter was still hungry when he was done, but when the vision ended, somebody knocked at the door and said, God sent us to you. And they went to Caesarea, and there they, Peter had the opportunity to preach the gospel to a group of people that, to the best of our knowledge, had never heard the gospel, or at least were never the specific audience of the gospel. And this is what he had to say. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to him. You see, the hunger and the sheet was supposed to get Peter ready for the idea that he was going to go see Gentiles. Not the kind of Gentiles that hung around in Israel. Not the kind of Gentiles that had already become proselytes of, of Jewish faith. But the kind of Gentiles that came from Rome. Those nasty kind. That we didn't want to have anything to do with. And while they were devout, they weren't sure that they were good enough for the gospel. But in every nation, Peter says, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. By the way, 
every once in a while when the preacher kind of gets off on a tangent and you're like, what does that have to do with the sermon? He's taking cues from Peter, right? Because Jesus is Lord of all. And, and everybody said, amen. So don't blame me. Peter set the example. There we go. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear. Not to all people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And then something changes. While Peter was still speaking. Good sermon, don't you think? Why to hear that sermon more often, right? While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Can you give me a good <gasps> gasp? That was close. Try again. Even on the Gentiles. You got it, because that's how they heard it. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. This is our story. Because if it weren't for this story, there wouldn't be our story. That the Gentiles don't have to become Jews to be recipients of the baptism, of forgiveness of sins, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes everything. And there is nowhere that that is supposed to show up more than in the fellowship. The Spirit particularly makes the fellowship that Christ calls us to be possible. The passage from Isaiah says that I will pour out my Spirit on you. And then 1 Thessalonians says that we are the people who God has poured that spirit on. Not just the folks that we seem to point to and say, whoa, they're, they're extraordinary. But on every single one of us who have chosen to put him on in baptism, on every single one of us who've chosen to be part of the fellowship of God, who are trying to be this new carnation of Jesus in the world, the spirit is at work. And in fact, I would say to you, that the calling we have received to be the church that brings about healing in the world, that is the arms and feet of the love of Christ, that is about the process of understanding what it is to be God's holy, special, called out, drawn near to God people, is not possible if we are not filled by the Holy Spirit. In the same way that we, we talk about the fact that there are God is one and yet God is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When John spends in his gospel talking about much of what Jesus talks about, just before he goes to the cross, a lot of what he's talking about is the way the Holy Spirit holds he and the Father together. If you and I are bound together with Jesus Christ, if you and I are bound together as the people of God, it is the Spirit that makes that possible. And you may say, I don't see him. I'm looking for him, but I don't see him. You may even say, and again, this is not necessarily biblical language, but it's language that we've adopted. I don't feel the Holy Spirit at work in me. I just feel like ordinary old me. And that may be the case. Largely because the Bible doesn't talk about the Spirit being some sort of feeling. The Spirit prompts us to act. If you decide to come together in this time, in this place, in this hour, and to join your voices with our, joices, our voices, and to lift Jesus' name up, 
Part of what's going on is what the Spirit wants to accomplish in your life. More so, when you get that little thought, you know what, I need to call, pick a name, I need to call Betty Stark. Haven't seen her at church in a while, and I just don't want her to feel left out. I appreciated what Brian had to say. When you, when you think for just a moment, you know what, Dara and the Frasers are having a tough time, I need to check on them. That is the Spirit at work, not just when we come together, but everywhere we go to be the fellowship of God, what God wants us to be. We are tied together in a way that is supernatural. And we are given the opportunity to be a people who will proclaim the name of Christ, who will bring about in our small way, Christ is the only one that will fulfill it, but to bring about evidences that point towards the new creation, that is that people that are unlovable are still loved. The people that can't defend themselves are lifted up and we take up their cause to defend their righteous cause is only possible because we have the Holy Spirit. The language for our relationship to the Spirit in the letters to the churches is oftentimes the word sealed. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And, and that idea of sealing is not something that's common to our vernacular today. But in reality, any time in the, in the movie Toy Story, when, when Andy takes his, his cowboy doll and he picks him up and he writes his name, Andy, on the bottom of his boot, you may remember that. I didn't realize it. Do you realize it was 25 years ago when that movie came out? But I'm thinking more of the young people understand that image than anybody else. Andy across the bottom meant this is mine. It is more than the idea of just purchasing it, right? It is the idea of it belonging. It, it won't ever be unbelonged. It will always be with us. And so we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We belong to God. And the Holy Spirit is the seal that affirms that. We belong as part of Jesus' called people. And the Holy Spirit is the seal that says we belong to Him. And that's not going to change. And so as the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it changes us. Four quick things. One, all from the... New Testament. We are better. The fruits of the Spirit are something that each letter that Paul's right kind of points out. He'll, he'll make a list of things. You ought not do these things, but instead these things ought to be part of you. There's one where he particularly turns it just in one sentence. He said, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In a powerful way, don't let the world be the thing that fills you up and sends you into sin, but instead let the Spirit transform you. The fruits of the Spirit, are we are better because we are people who are filled with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is manifest in our life. Secondly, we are bigger. We are bigger. The teaching on the idea that the Spirit will gift us to bless the fellowship whether we are gifted with quiet, silent gifts like Jesus washing the feet and we talk about servanthood. I'm so thankful for the way I see so many people that have that gift that they don't need the accolades, they don't need to be brought out, they don't need to be talked about. But they want to serve and they do it with such joy and such happiness and it makes such a big difference. There are people who have that gift of administration. They have the ability to kind of help us see the way we're going to get things done. And we wouldn't get as much done without the servants, and we wouldn't get as much done without the people to kind of show us a good way to do it. We are bigger than we would be without the gifts of the Spirit. Three, we are bolder. If there's anything that the New Testament says over and over and over again, it is that the Spirit calls a boldness of witness and testimony to come upon the people of God. Whatever they're doing, however they do it, it more boldly proclaims that Jesus is Lord. The witness that the Spirit gives us. And finally, we are brighter. When I first started looking into this, I thought, oh yes, yes, we are the light of the world and so we shine a little brighter. No, 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 no. Go a different direction. Because the Spirit is said to fill us with God's wisdom. 
That doesn't mean that we're going to do calculus better. That doesn't mean that we're going to understand King Lear or Hamlet better. What it means is that we'll see our way into what God wants the life of the church to be in a way that is more aligned with Jesus and less aligned with what we think ought to be best. I want to pray for that spirit to come. Because the spirit, in summary, the spirit transforms the abilities of the fellowship and transcends our inabilities. We are more. We are changed. We are filled with the Spirit, transformed and transcending. You may say to me, I don't see the evidence of the Spirit in my life, and I want to just give you one very practical thing. I've, I've preached many times before about calling on the Spirit, asking God to fill us. I want today to say that as part of what we say thank you to God for, is I want you to say thank you for the Spirit. You'll say thank you God for the blessings and the provisions. You'll say thank you Jesus for forgiveness of sins and for, for salvation that we, we have now and long for. But do you say thank you to the Spirit? Spirit, thank you for the fruit that pours out in my life. Spirit, thank you for the gifts you've given me. Spirit, thank you for the way our congregation has a greater testimony because of you. Spirit, thank you for guiding me in your wisdom. Because what I find is, is that when our lives take on a greater attitude of thanksgiving for something, we appreciate it more, and it makes a bigger impact. And while I would say that the Spirit's primary work is for the fellowship, it accomplishes that greater goal by also transforming and transcending in you and in me. The way that it impacts the fellowship is by impacting individuals. No, I don't think that the signal needs to go out that Gentiles are acceptable as Gentiles, not that they have to become Jews. So I don't expect the gift of that speaking in languages that you haven't heard before to come upon somebody so that we know we need to baptize you. Instead, that decision is yours. Do you believe that Jesus lived? Do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe that Jesus rose again? And do you believe that he wants to bring new life to you? Then the waters of baptism are prepared. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is ready to fill you in a way that changes everything. If you're online with us and would like in any way for us to participate in a conversation that would point you more and more towards those ideas, you can send us a message at that number. I want to invite you to say thank you. Can you say it with me? Thank you. Let's join in that common phrase, thank you, God. Can you do that? Thank you, God. Now let's say one more, thank you, Jesus, because we're just so familiar with saying that, right? Thank you, Jesus. But I invite you today, now, to say, Father God, Lord Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Let's come and sing. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I see in you the glory of my King. And I love you with the love of the Lord. We love you with the love of the Lord. We love you with the love of the Lord. Beth has come forward to uh, 
become part of our church family here. And I'd like to say a prayer for her at this time. Almighty Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that you have given us. We are thankful for your love. And we are thankful that uh, we can call you our Father. This morning we want to recognize one of your children, Beth Penn, as she has come forward to become part of our church family. We ask that you uh, be with the church here and reflect the love that you have for her so that she can see that. And we ask, Father, that you be with Beth also and help guide her and see the plan that you have for her life. Father, we also thank you for your love as you sent Christ to to die for the forgiveness of her sins. So in Christ's name we pray, amen. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. morning. It's been a good service. Great to be reminded of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and how he calls us and how he participates in our salvation. The scriptures that will be read during the Lord's Supper this morning are centered on when Jesus came back across the Sea of Galilee from feeding the 5,000. John the Baptist had just been killed He'd learned about it the day before. They'd fed the 5,000. He separated from the apostles that night, put them on a boat, and they went off across the sea only to run into a storm. And then they saw a ghost, and Jesus walking on the water came by their boat. And he got in the boat, and the storm was stilled immediately. And also, they found the boat immediately at shore in the area of Capernaum where they were going. And the crowd comes around the lake and follows Jesus. And they ask him, what will you do to show us that you are one from God? And they were wanting more bread. He had fed them the day before and they wanted the bread that they could have forever and never be hungry. And Jesus knew that. And he said, don't work for bread for this life, that temporary bread. And he says the same thing to us. Don't concentrate on the physical blessings of life to make your life more comfortable and easy. Concentrate on that bread that gives eternal life. And that he would tell them, like your father's got manna from heaven, that wasn't Moses that gave that to them, it was God. And God is the one who has sent me to you. I am the bread of life. Eat of me. It was a hard teaching. He would tell them that his, his flesh was real food, his blood was real drink, and they, they had a hard time accepting that. We have a hard time accepting that, except he told his apostles later, I'm talking in spiritual terms. 
And he wants us to take him into our lives, to change our lives through that spirit. And so we want to thank our Father at this time for Jesus, who he sent, who died for us, who was buried and resurrected, and now is at God's right hand as our risen Savior. And we celebrate that, and we remember Christ at this time. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful to you for the bread of life, for Jesus, our Savior, for that bread gives eternal life. And Father, we want to take him into our bodies, into our lives, and we want to concentrate on that in this life, Father, so that you will continue to cleanse us and continue to give us that eternal life that you promised. Thank you for Jesus, who through the Holy Spirit gave his life for us so that our sins might be forgiven. Thank you, Father, for his life and his body. In Jesus' name. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus would go on to tell them that his blood was real drink. Even harder for a Jewish man to accept that teaching, and many turned away. And when Jesus asked Peter, will you turn away too? He answered for the twelve and said, where can we go? You have the words of life. And he, Jesus does. And we take that blood into us. We take this cup. It represents his blood that was shed for us. And the writer of Hebrews would say in Hebrews 9 and 14, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? The sins that we commit in our life will surely lead to death, except for the blood of Christ that continually cleanses us and assures us of the salvation. You have been called. You believed. You have been given eternal life. And the blood of Christ washes your sins away continually. Let's, let's give thanks for this cup. Father God, we're so thankful to you for Jesus, who through the Holy Spirit offered himself his body and his blood for our sins and for our salvation. Thank you, dear Father, for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And now we'll say a prayer for our giving. Whether you give as you leave uh, the auditorium in the box back there, whether you give electronically or write a check for the church, you give. You're part of this work. You're part of that kingdom activity. That's what, that's what we're called to be. And we don't want to be on the sidelines. We want to be actively involved in that kingdom work that is going on in this place. Let's thank God for that. Father, thank you so much for the blessings that you have given us. Give us the heart, Father, to return to you generously what you have given to us even more so. Thank you for the opportunities to give to your works, for the hope in Haiti, for, for the work in Brazil, Father, for the many blessings of, of the missionaries that we have supported and the local works, Father. Help us to have a willing heart, willing hands to participate in your kingdom work. Thank you, Father, for blessing us in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Read you a verse from James, chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. 
because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, so Alan mentions pretty much every Sunday, he calls it a unique year. <laughs> and that's a kind term for, for the year we've been going through. Although we do recognize, you know, the world has been broken for a long time because of the sin that, that humans have introduced into the world. Uh, it just seems to us that this is especially broken times. Uh, but there is encouragement. Uh, God's here says, blessed are the ones that are persevered. Thank you. I, wanna, I want to extend that blessing to you. Uh, recognize how you have persevered. Uh, you're here this morning, either sitting here in this audience or joining us on a live stream, and, and you have persevered. It would be easy in this, in this time to circle the wagons and, and withdraw back into yourself. But God is not about withdrawing into yourself. God is about relationship and continuing that and making the effort to do that. And you've done that just by being here. Uh, we've done that in other ways as well. Um, uh, if you looked in the caring and sharing, you know, there's more ministry going on now than, than at any time in this congregation. A very active time in this congregation. Uh, it takes effort to, perceive, to persevere in those ministry efforts during this time. And I'd like to recognize everybody that's doing that. An example would be last week. We did the uh, walk the sermon, and uh, Gary reports we, we uh, brought back 50 bags of groceries and $400 in cash donations for that, for that food pantry. So that, that's a way that we have continued to benefit the community. Uh, the church has continued in active ministry participation. The church has continued giving financially. Uh, it's not the best economic times for everybody, uh, but it is still a time when the ministry of the church needs to go, and... Uh, you can scan the QR code. You can do all kinds of things to find the ways to give, but I don't need to tell y'all that. Y'all have continued to give, and I just want to recognize that and encourage the perseverance that this church is showing. Uh, I do want to point out, it's in the caring and sharing. Alan mentioned it in the intro, that the uh, family journey at Thanksgiving is this evening. Uh, if you come, you would be blessed. Uh, this is a... Uh, a uh, season of thanks and we need to find every opportunity to participate in that it, we don't need to restrict it to a season but it's not bad that we have a season of emphasis i uh, do have a few announcements uh gene young who is recently a recent very recent former member so everybody should be know gene uh, tested positive for covid on friday uh, dana reports he's doing better than last week and they are quarantining for now and then uh sylvia haro reports that She's with her son Israel now, I believe, and she reports that the doctor thinks he has classic non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. So they're going to be working upcoming to, to confirm that diagnosis with, with more, more certainty. Uh, the good news in that is they've told her that that would not be life-threatening and that his, given his health overall, he's in pretty good shape. They, they think that his good health is helping him there. Uh, both of those ask for our prayers in those situations. I have a note here from Nell Brown, dear church family, thank you all so much for your prayers, cards, and phone calls. It has blessed me so much. This is such a caring and loving congregation, and I feel blessed to be a part of this group. Miss you all and hope to be there soon. Loving Christ, Nell Brown. Let's continue to reach out to Nell and to support her and to remember her in prayer. Uh, a verse, and then we'll have our prayer, and then we'll have a closing song immediately after that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 17, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then I was going to stop there, but given Alan's lesson regarding the Spirit, the, the exact next words are, do not quench the Spirit. So I will continue and, 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 and throw that in there as well. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we want to... Uh, to humble ourselves, and Father, we want to take this time to give thanks to you. Father, we thank you for uh, being our Father and bringing us into your family. We thank you for the way you did that through the person of Jesus Christ, Father, who, who is God in himself, but is man in himself too. And Father, we thank you the way that he sacrificed so that we could be uh, cleansed by that blood, that we could uh, become part of the family and redeemed back to you. 
We thank you for that. Father, we thank you for the spirit that you have given to live in us, to guide us, to lead us, to prompt us. Father, we thank you for that spirit. Um, Father, we want to, to ask for, uh, for your favor. Uh, Father, we recognize that this is a unique year, Father, because of COVID and because of the, the changeover in our national leadership, the way the economy is depressed for many, the way that, uh, that uh, justice has not been equal for all. Father, these are hard situations for us, but we know that, uh, that uh, you're there in that storm with us. Father, just like uh, Jesus walking alongside the boat and, and everything was okay, Father, we know it's all going to be okay. Show us how that is, Father. Use us in making it that way. Father, help us to persevere in those situations. Father, we thank you for this congregation. We ask you to be for each of our church, be with each of our church members. Father, we've listed a lot in our prayer list. I've added a few this morning. We ask for your active participation in each of those situations. Father, use us in, as part of that active participation. Help us to reach out and be a blessing to each of those people that have asked for our prayers as well. Father, we uh, thank you for uh, sealing us with your spirit. Uh, we thank you that you've, that you've made us bigger, better, bolder, and brighter. And Father, we just ask that, that you would help us to empty ourselves more so that you could fill us even more with that spirit. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. You please stand for a closing song. I'm in the way, the bright shining way. I'm in the glory land, glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in.